0: This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. So Elliot, I didn't realize all those stories that guy had. Mudcat Grant. Mudcat Grant. Very interesting. Sounds like basketball was his best sport, though. Yeah, but as
1: he said, you know, baseball was the one that got him to the big leagues.
0: Similar to Jackie Robinson, again. They said Robinson's worst sport was baseball. He was better in track and basketball.
1: Football. Football. Yeah. It, it helps to have that ability.
0: It also helps to be seven feet tall, though, and play basketball. I wouldn't know what that's like. You? No. I'm two inches under six feet. I'm not even close. Yeah. Well, well,
1: we'll put you on a, a little crate, elevate you.
0: And I still can't dunk the basketball. Right.
1: You need other requisite skills to be able to function
0: regardless of height. Exactly. But there were some great big men back when the NBA started, George Mikan. And
1: and not all those big men made it to the NBA. Some of them played AAU ball because, at the time, the NBA wasn't the big deal that it is now. And you had uh, a team like the Phillips Petroleum, which had some, some of the best players in the land.
0: Kind of like our next guest, Bob Curland. Exactly. Basketball Hall of Famer Bob Curland. How are you doing, Bob? Just pretty good. I was looking here, you played on two Olympic teams and yep. you won two gold medals in forty eight and fifty two. How did you end up on two teams?
2: Well, in those days uh you had a playoff uh series between colleges and they were they were semi pros. Phil I I went to work for Phil's Petroleum company when I got out of school. And in nineteen forty eight uh the rules, or the the manner in which the team was chosen to go to London, was that the amateur teams were still holding forth uh, and, and presenting people who uh, could play the game and were really of interest in this sport. Uh, it, the sport. But the pros had really not established uh, a basis of recognition and and uh, an organization to, to handle that winning team, the Olympic team. In 1948, we had to earn $50,000 uh, uh, with the team that we put together, made up of Phyllis Petroleum Company and University of Kentucky and, and Vince Verilla and Ray Lump. And, uh, to, to even make the trip with basketball in 1948 in the Olympics was not a very powerful thing. By the time we got around to 1952, uh, I was still playing for Phillips Petroleum Company, and when we got down to the finals of the playoff tournament, uh, we got second place, and uh, a guy named Wayne Glasgow and myself were chosen from the Phillips team, and we went to to Helsinki. It was was a time of transition and uh, of... Uh, an opportunity for those guys who had uh, were the foundation of um, forcing the game into one where uh, people came to see it, uh, were were rewarded for their efforts and had a great bunch of people and people who were real sports people and and were not playing for money. Uh, When we had to go around the countryside playing exhibition games, in order to raise money so that we could take the team, why we thought we were doing our part of the the chores.
1: Now the '66 Oilers were probably as good as most of those NBA teams back then.
2: Well, uh, we 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 have, in the years I played, I played six years and we won three national championships against teams that still had guys like Jim Pollard and. Uh, Ed McCauley didn't play on that, any of those guys but uh, Don Barksdale one of, one of the, the things that uh, it was a pleasure to really try and give, uh some recognition for the Olympic team because uh, down deep there were some of us who felt like it was we were short until we were playing over in London and uh, i the United States team was playing France and they got behind and or Argentina uh, got behind and we were getting a little bit antsy because we were the big dogs in the amateur world as far as amateur basketball was concerned and that's what dominated the scene. Anyway why well, Don Barksdale was a, a black man who was the uh, could have been the hop step and skip hop, hop skip and jump. Champion in the Olympics, and he chose to want to come and play on the Olympic team. And thank goodness he did, because that afternoon uh, we were playing uh, behind the scene uh, with a lower score than France. And Barksdale, the, 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 the real story was that Adolf Rep was the assist was the was the coach uh, that particular year, along with with uh, Bud Browning and, uh, anyway, uh, Adolf, uh, uh, which was a known fact, Adolf was not very, uh, uh, didn't feel very good about putting black boys, uh, uh, into the roster uh, to represent the United States because we didn't know how it was going to take. It was a time of transition and a development of a, a whole different approach and, uh, Attitude toward uh, amateur basketball, which was disappearing, and the pros were finally gotten their re- arenas and got people with money to back up these these players with uh, and make it attractive. Other than uh, basketball, and between 19, the end of the war and uh, that Olympics was uh, kind of a nebulous thing because we were in a process of building new arenas and and establishing uh, the money machines in order to do what they do today in, in pro basketball, which is a great thing, and it's a great game, and there some aspects of it that, that uh, are of interest to me, having been a, uh, an amateur and uh, getting on the, on the floor before all the big bucks came around, but uh, today we're playing American people are interested in seeing some mayhem on the basketball court, and and uh, I just don't agree with that. I think that the damage is done when these guys get tired at the end of the season, uh, and they start to come down with injury, uh, or and It's pretty much a rough operation out there on that court today. Why I think that we're going too far looking for for injury rather than skill and and grace uh, in playing a game, which is a, a great game, which I think is one of the finest games in the world today with what they have to play with, where they play, and how they play it, but they're getting a little bit rough, even for the big boys. Uh, and the men are bigger and stronger, my God, uh, I weighed uh, when we were playing. I played. I probably weighed about 235. Uh, and today these guys wearing 260, 265, and and as strong as an ox. And the people come to the, the exhibition with the idea that they want to see somebody get the hell knocked out of. And I'm. I wish David Stern would kind of find a way to, uh, to alter some some regulations and rules and, and instructions to umpires and uh, referees uh, uh, to, to let these guys really demonstrate what they can do physically. And they're doing that today when you get the guys close to seven feet tall who can double dunk that basketball, go under the rim, throw it over the top, uh, and gives the fans a great instantaneous wonderment, but uh, it's not good for what the game should be about.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Curlin. I wish we had more time to talk to you and hear some more stories. Maybe next month we could call you up again?
2: Uh, sure.
0: Excellent. And I hope to see you at the Olympics this year in London. Maybe they'll put you back on the court for a third Olympic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's time has passed.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you.
2: You're welcome.
0: That was Bob Curlin. I want to thank all our guests today, Mudcat Grant, Bob Curlin, and Cherry Duffy. Another
1: outstanding show.
0: I thank our soundman, external Dave Olson, Elliot, another great show, and stay tuned again next week.